I'd like to start with something funny. I heard about this kindergarten teacher, and she wanted to teach her students about self-esteem. So he said to her class, everyone who thinks you are dumb, please stand up. She didn't think that anybody would stand, and she made a point that no one is dumb. But at that time, little Peter stood up, <laughs> and she didn't quite know what to do. She said, now, Peter, do you think you're dumb? Peter said, no, ma'am, I just hate uh, to see you standing there all by yourself. <laughs> this is funny, isn't it? Anyway, <clears throat> I love Christianity. Do you love Christianity? I love Christianity. And I love how amazing, how radical, how passionate, and how beautiful Christianity really is. It's so powerful. It is so outrageous. It's so outrageous. It's so countercultural. It is so incredibly offensive. It's true. So incredible. We say, Gideon, why? It's because the Christian faith starts with perfection. It's very quiet. My talk today is you are perfect. You are perfect. When you get born again, you are born into perfection. But what do you mean, Gideon? We had eight weeks of mental, emotional health, and I know the stuff in my life that is not perfect. The stuff going, wow, somebody's perfect. Anybody in that area? Oh, Catherine. I'm a lucky man. You know, in the, right? So how does this work? What are you really talking about? What are you talking about? See, all religions, except for Christianity, all religions are trying to become something. You're trying to somehow be accepted by God. You're somehow trying to be more loved by God. You're somehow trying to find yourself, be holy, be righteous, do better, work harder, all this kind of stuff to become something. Right? All of them. And all of them are failing miserably. Right? So good. Well, not so good actually. But so, what is good because you have to come to the end of yourself. Amen? See, the Bible says that no one is righteous, not even one. In Isaiah, it says here in Isaiah 64, uh, our, our righteousness, what we think is right to do and to behave and stuff, is as filthy rags before God. And then Romans says, Paul, he says 3.10, there's no one righteous, not even one. See, our self-righteousness will never make us perfect. It will never make us righteous. It is not possible. See, all religious try to be good, to do good, to have find some kind of a righteousness, never attaining what they're looking for. Always failing again. And then Jesus makes it worse. He is so radical. He is so off the charts. You know, you're talking Matthew 5. I haven't got to put it on there, but I thought it later on. Matthew 5.20, he talks about in the, in the uh, Beatitude, he talks about if your righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and of the, of the, of the teachers of the law, you will not even enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's pretty radical because all the teachers of the law and those guys, those, 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 um, those guys, uh, <laughs> Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees and all those kind of people, you know, they were so into the world, trying to be so perfect, they were so hard. Most people would never even measure up to any of those guys. So what are you talking? And then he makes it worse. Then he says in, five, in Matthew 5, uh, 48, I think it is, he says, if you, be perfect like my heavenly father is perfect. Heresy. How can we be perfect like your heavenly father? It's not possible. What are you talking about, Jesus? 
Buddha said before he died, all this decay, this is the last words of him, a Buddha can only point away. Become a lamb unto yourself. Work out your salvation. Figure it out yourself. I know the way. Figure it out. Now Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except for by me, right? Yes. The band U2 says, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Well, what are you looking for? <laughs> Rolling Stone says, I can't get any satisfaction. <laughs> Same thing. That is looking, they're trying to find something about life that gives a meaning in life, right? All trying to become something. Religion is such a... A treadmill of performance. This is trying to get better, trying to get better, trying to become something, or trying to become someone. Now, Christian is the sorry, Christianity is the opposite. You start by being perfect. You start by being holy. You start by being righteous. You start as holy as God is holy. What? What are you talking about? Some of you are freaking out already. How is this possible? No way. This is heresy. Outrageous scandal. I love this about Christianity because we actually start at the finish line. Ever thought about that? Some of you are going to get a hand around this thing. Don't, please don't run away yet. Just wait to the end, okay? And then you can say, get in, yes or no. But anyway, we start at the finish line. We actually start where Jesus finished. So we start at the finish line. We're not the last time. We start at the finish line. Because you have already arrived. It's amazing what God has done in your life. And not because we are so good. But it's because of a gift. It's a gift that God has given to anybody who wants to be a Christian. Actually, it's given to the whole world. But by faith, you enter into it. What is it? It is the gift of righteousness. It is a gift of righteousness that is by grace through faith. And there's nothing you can do about it except for receive the gift. Thank you very much, Jesus. That was a very nice gift to me. It was Jesus' performance on our behalf. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.21. My favorite scripture next to John 3.16. I'll use them both today. Right? What does it say there? God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us. That in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, I want to note here that Jesus did not become sin by sinning. He never sinned. But it was the free gift of sinfulness by the Father. He bear, carried the sin of the world. Through which he could then give us the free gift of righteousness, sinlessness in this way. The one who had no sin, the one who was perfect and righteous and holy and innocent, he gives himself the beautiful exchange he's talked about, and now he gives that to us that we in him we might become the righteousness of God. Perfect in Christ. Tell your neighbor, you're perfect in Christ. Perfect in Christ. We were in Holland the other day, and um, we go to normally visit my father's grave. And it's, it's a, just a big stone, just a rock. And on the rock, the only words that are there, it says, complete in Christ. Now, my father, with all his nuances of life and all his problems of life and all the things that he did right and wrong, so as all of us do in our lives, he knew at the end of his life that he had nothing to show for except Christ in him. The hope of glory. Complete in Christ. 
It's so powerful. It sits at the core of what we have become. But for you to understand, for you and I, this changed my life, by the way, a few years ago. I mean, I have had a, I've got a master's of theology. I don't know what you've got, but you might have a doctorate or something. I don't know. You look very smart. Um, you, know, you know, whatever you have. But honestly, they can, they, you can have all of it for what I learned after, after I finished. And I said, guys, why don't you tell me the first day? 101, number one, 101. And if you don't get the first day in Bible college, get the second day, third day, unless you get it, you might as well not even talk about what you talk about because sometimes people get so freaked out and they get so confused because there are so many things. That I want to go there because I have no time, sorry. But it's unbelievable, serious. <laughs> teach the word of God and teach identity in Christ, Amen. So for, for, you to for us to understand this thing very well, it's something called that we are a tripart being, right? So we are a spirit. That's who you are. We have a... No, we don't. Well, you do. You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions. And you live in a... Your earth suit, right? So a tripart being. Catherine talked about this amazing last week. I love this scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And I connected with last week because of those eight weeks what we've been working on. If we know where we're coming from, it's much easier to deal with the stuff that we deal with in Jesus' name. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole body, sorry, spirit, soul, and body, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God wants wholeness, like I said before, wholeness, no, it's not, Bronco said that, uh, wholeness in your entire being, spirit, soul, body. Now what Jesus has done already for you when you come into faith is your spirit, right? You get born again. It all gets cut out, you get a new spirit, and you are born again, born of God. Now this is not 80% God, like kind of holy, but there's still some rubbish there. It's nonsense. You are born of incorruptible seed, Amen. Okay, so your born-again spirit is so beautiful, so pure, looks exactly like Jesus. If you would say you and Jesus, and you're born, God will say you are both the same. But some of you are saying this, this is freaking out already. You say, I've never heard this before again. How is it possible? But that's what it is. So in your spirit, you are already redeemed. You are cre new creation, full of the Holy Spirit, holy, righteous, perfect, innocent, forever. Sin can't even enter into your thing, John, John talked about. You can't even sin in there, and you are connected with Christ there. You want spirit with him. Amen? Amen? Done. That's good news. I'm glad you had this. Ephesians, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, or creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption into sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. Absolutely beautiful. I love this in the Passion Translation. Number four is because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. I'll talk a bit more about it in Colossians because Colossians really talks about the whole thing, who Jesus is. And don't let yourself be corrupted or be confused by other, other messages around. It's all about Jesus. If I had a cross here, I would hug the cross. I was in Holland the other day and I ran to the cross. And so, <sighs> I hugged the cross. Now, I didn't know it was loose, you know. The guy was, they were, they were freaking out because apparently the, the, this thing like this, it was loose. And you shake it and it comes down and hits your head and knocks you out. Right? So all these guys are freaking out, not because of Jesus and the cross, but because the cross can fall. You know, they put it together every Sunday because it's not their building. Anyway, but the, what I like to do is I, I, I have so much appreciation for the cross because everything that happened on the cross is so absolutely amazing. An unstained innocence. It is not stained, people. More in two weeks' time. We are born of God himself. We look like God. 
and you're born again spirit, you are like God. You look like God. You're his son. You're his daughter. Amen? Then we go to Hebrews. I'm just trying to make this case for some of you who are Thomases. Hebrews 10, 14. Listen to this. Listen to this. Hebrews 10, 14. For by one, let's say it together. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Now here is the beautiful expression of what I'm talking about. Because it talks here about he is perfected forever, which is your spirit. Those who are being made holy. That is the ongoing process of your mind, your brain, to catch up with your born-again spirit. See, Christianity is really a journey of discovery who you already are. I'll say it again. Christianity is a journey of discovery who you really are and then becoming it. Two at the same time. A little confusing, but that's what it is. So you become what you already are. Are you getting it? What you are already holy, righteous in your spirit, but then in your life, in your mind, the emotions, that's why you renew your mind, and your body is in alignment by the spirit. You know, all this kind of stuff is happening. This will take your whole life. Some bit faster than others. My wife is very fast in this whole area. Like you said before, hey, perfect. Perfect. I'm so glad your pastor is perfect because if it was not perfect, you know. They're not really laughing, Catherine. See, I love this about Christianity because God works from the inside out, right? It's so amazing. He makes you something, and then he makes you something. He makes you righteous, and then he makes you righteous. He makes you holy, and then he makes you holy. He makes you, I can walk like this forever like this, you know. He makes you perfect, and then he makes you perfect. It is just amazing. And it's all about, it because of Jesus. It's a gift of grace. But it's so powerful. So many times we forget about this. And I'll tell you in a minute why it's so important to know about this. I think we are so natural. We're so in these religious mindsets, even as Christians, that we don't really uh, understand the spiritual and what you've become. And how you are seated in heavenly places with him. And how it all works. It's so important. See, See, Christianity starts with resting. It starts with sitting. It's finished. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. What do you think that means? Well, there's some kind of a thing somewhere, I don't know. Come on. You're right now in your spirit. See, by the way, it's not somewhere out there somewhere. You know the whole thing of the puku. Some of the guys from America don't know. But the puku, puku means tummy, right? And I always say that Jesus says, you know, living water, you know, so the spirit lives here, right? It's, not, it's here and everywhere else. But here is the, is the like your mother has a, has a, has a navel, navel string, a biblical cord, navel string, a biblical cord from here, right, to, to, you, to you. But spiritually, we have a umbilical cord here to heaven, right? That's why you've been given every spiritual blessing is given to you in Christ, right? But it's all here. It's in you. I think we're not seated in heavenly places like that. Ooh, somewhere over there. It's right here. We can access this anytime. The problem is, though, we just don't know it and we don't live it. 
We go the natural way. I think we should be more supernatural a little bit in our lives. Don't you think so? We are seated. And this is the process of life. But don't forget that this is a gift of God. That's why we are so passionate about worshiping so hard and praising so hard. Because Jesus is awesome. And we have nothing without Jesus. We have nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know, our righteousness, our righteousness, honestly, if you try to do good, right? He says, oh, it smells. You know what I mean? It's not going to work. But we have come into a righteousness, into a perfection, which is a gift from God, which is absolutely amazing. And it will change your life if you really get it. It took me 30 years to get it. 40 years to get it. Unbelievable. Okay, 2 Corinthians 3. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Now, we talked about this, right? We talked about the whole thing of freedom, right? We talked about the whole series of freedom, right? The thing is, though, understand, though, there's not this where the Spirit of the Lord is freedom. So you walk into church, hey, it's freedom, I'm free. Uh, and there's a spirit is here, I'm free. It's not like that. Actually, what it says is, where the Spirit of the Lord, no, sorry, where the Spirit is Lord, there is freedom. Where the Spirit is Lord, there is freedom. So if, there's, if your certain areas of your life are not under the Lordship of Christ, guess what? You've got to see some counselors. Make some good money, bro. Okay. Right? See, the thing is, though, the Lordship is already in your supernatural, born again. You're one with Christ, your mates, you know, roommates. You're already in Lordship like this. But that Lordship has to manifest in your life in ever-increasing measures from glory to glory, faith to faith, strength to strength. It's a process in your life. And when you find out that the process is awesome because you come from an amazing place, not of trying to be good and always failing, but being so good and then trying to face your life and face the issues, it is so much easier. And that's basically the message this morning. If you know how perfect you are, it's not scary then to do stuff and to deal with issues because you can't fail. You can't fail. You're born against spirit. You can't fail. It's absolutely amazing. Beautiful transformation. I call it the alignment of your spirit. Your spirit is pure, perfect, powerful, holy, all this kind of stuff. And then the whole life, our, our mind. And that's why Jesus says to take captive those thoughts and make them obedience to Christ. It is the capturing of those things that are not right in our lives, the thinking, because we are not redeemed yet in our thinking. We're being redeemed. We're not redeemed until we get to heaven. In our bodies too, he said, make your bodies a living sacrifice. Why? Because if you just answer to your body, it's got lust, you know. <laughs> You know, I want to do this, you know. Uh, lust of the eyes and food and you name it. If you, if you let the body just do whatever it wants, you'd be in big trouble. That's what Paul says. Don't live according to the flesh, but to the spirit. This born again spirit, Jesus in you, the Holy Spirit in you will help you to go in this way, right? Romans 12, he says here, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. It is not automatic. You have to work on this stuff. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but Jesus already finished. Yeah, I know he finished. But where he finished, you start. When you finish, you don't stop and sit down. He finished something so beautiful in your life, so powerful, so glorious, that makes you so strong in the inside. Wow, I live in perfection. Wow, I can, this is amazing. And now he holds our hand. And we go on a journey. Now, Gideon, let's visit that thing over there. What thing? Oh, that thing, yeah, okay. But knowing that you already are perfect. 
fully loved, fully accepted. There's nothing, nothing that can get us out of his love at all. And then it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but transform the new mind. Be renewed of your mind, because your mind is not thinking yet like you're born again, new spirit, like God does. So he is renewing your mind day by day, amen? That is so incredibly beautiful. Catherine talked about it. If you haven't listened to her talk, it was so good last Sunday. Because she talked about that our lives are a lifestyle, not a diet. Now we can have eight weeks of mental, emotional hell. Hell. <laughs> yeah, for some people it is hell. That's right. Mental, emotional health. 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 And, and think after eight weeks, we've done enough, you know. Okay, let's do it for the year, you know. We'll do some next year again, you know. It doesn't work this way. It's a lifestyle of becoming. It's becoming like Christ. It's becoming like the little Christ already in you. It is becoming like your born-again spirit. It's getting like your face when you look at Jesus Christ. Amen. And what happens then is then the fruit starts coming. Because if you said the fruit of the Christ is joy, peace, kind, patience, kindness, goodness. All this stuff starts happening. And the gifts of the spirit, power, tongues, all this stuff starts happening. But I think what's happening is that we don't live in this place here. We live in this place up in, on the earth. Oh, this is difficult. You know, and we get all this and, and so, so earthly minded that we are no, you know, yeah, that thing. You know, no, no heavenly, heavenly use. No, we're so heavenly minded, not earthly use. I know it doesn't work in this particular thing. Yeah, but we're so earthly minded that we don't get it. We just don't get the heavenly reality that we live in. And so we just don't get this at all. And it's really difficult. See, if you know that you cannot fail, that's powerful. If you know that you are perfect once and for all, that's amazing. Because when you do fail in your soul, in your mind, in your actions, in your life, you still know that you cannot fail. Well, how does it work? Well, it works. <laughs> but it doesn't work if you don't get it. I used to be there. If you know you're totally forgiven, then when discretions come and things happen in your life, you know you're still forgiven. Yeah, deal with your stuff. Don't do it. Like Jesus said to the woman called the adultery, just don't do it, sin no more. But it doesn't mean that you're not forgiven. You're still forgiven. Because you are forgiven in your spirit. It's who you are. And you have a soul and you have a body. But you are the spirit. As a son, born from God. See, my story is that I, I used to be really trying to get good with God. You know, I, I, I failed in all kinds of things, the same as you do. And I, I, I thought it's all up to me, you know. I didn't understand the covenants. I didn't know that the covenant was made between Jesus and the Father. I thought it was made with me and God, you know. It's the old covenant, basically, and, and the this Mosaic covenant. I, I just didn't get it. And so the thing is, though, I thought it was me. So I was on this treadmill of performance all the time. And when I failed, I failed. And I went down the gurgler. Because my, my understanding was only I am my failure. That's who I am. Not understanding that this is just an area of our lives or my life that I was failing in, but that I was still, as a son, completely failureless. <laughs> How's that work? That one. Always trying, you know, the thoughts, you know, the thoughts. Not really the thoughts. How can I get rid of these thoughts? Okay, kept this to Christ. I get that. But it's really tiring after, oh, and again, and you're failing sometimes again. Oh, I did it again. I was angry at the cat. You know, kicked the cat again. You know? 
I'm so angry, you know. Not knowing that all the time you are already amazing in God, powerful, glorious, all the time. It, it doesn't change with your behavior, good or bad. It has nothing to do with that. That's why your spirit can't sin. It's a bit deep for some of you. It's Sunday morning, Gideon. What are you doing? I'll tell you the secret to the Christian life. The secret to the Christian life is the revelation and the discovery of who you are. And when you know who you are, boom. You live a completely different life because it so empowers your life. If you know that you are eternally loved, eternally forgiven, eternally holy, eternally perfect and righteous, you're God's son or God's daughter. It is powerful in your life. Can you abuse it? Yes, of course. Why would you abuse it? That's dumb. That's not a son. And God will discipline you. There's a lot of the Bible about disciplining. Because he doesn't want this stuff in your life. But the freedom comes when he is Lord in those areas. This is what Paul prayed. Listen to this. Paul prayed this in Ephesians 1. He kept to the Ephesian church. By the way, the Ephesians church was a big church. I, apparently it was about 30,000 people. It was a mega church. Now, can we please stop knocking mega churches? I see your stuff online. I'm sick and tired. Can I say this in, in joy and peace and love? <laughs> a lot of mega churches in America. I don't know how big your church is. It could be 50,000 people. I've got no idea. Oh, it's not. Okay. Stop knocking mega churches. There's nothing wrong with mega. You know they become mega because they're awesome, because they reach so many people. It's amazing what they do. Don't, now, are there some issues that they can deal with? Of course, because it's easy to get in control and uh, systems, and I get that. But stop knocking this kind of stuff because it gets good. Anyway, keep asking God, Lord Jesus Christ, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Here we go. That you may know him better. So it's two things coming up now. Know him better. Because when you know him better, you will know yourself better. Right? So it's, it's revelation. It's by revelation and by wisdom from God. And then it says here, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That you may know the hope in which he's called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And the power for those who believe. Here we see it. The amazing inheritance that we have. Now I want to say something to you. As the Israelites went from Egypt to the promised land. God had already given them the promised land. Amen. Did they get it the next day? No. For, for one, they got 40 days in the desert. Mistake. Anyway, then they start going in. And it takes a while to become this constant in your life. But God had, oh, same principle. God had already given the promised land. But then it takes for them quite a while to adjust and to take the land. Same as us. We've already been made perfect in our born again spirit. A son and a daughter of the living God. That is if you're a Christian, of course. If you're not born again, you can be in a second. I'll I'll pray with you in a second. But the thing is, though, that's how it is. And then you walk into the promised land, and then you start dealing with the stuff in your... So our prayer should be, Lord, show me more. Not be more, run harder, treadmill, get it out. i got to get better again. I'm not doing good enough yet. No! It doesn't work this way. The Christian life doesn't. All religions are like this. But we are so contaminated with religious mindset because all the work, everything's going to be good, and all those kinds. It's all in our society and our mind. But the opposite, that's why Christianity is so opposite. It's so outrageous, scandalous. Because of what Christ has done for us. Lord, show me more of who I am. And the more He shows you who you are, the better your life will be.
the freer you'll be, the happier you'll be. Will there be problems? Of course, Jesus, in this world you have problems, but I've overcome the world. Hey, can I say to you that you're actually together because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, right? I mean, it's one in three, three in one. He's in you anyway. He's to overcome all this right in you. Right, Buku, here, right here. So there's no fear. No fear. I'm almost done. Thank you. I love this music. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> so the inheritance is just amazing, guys. Our daddy, our papa is so amazing what he's done. This whole scandalous Christianity, this opposite mindset, it's just absolute genius. Even the devil, he called the devil too, didn't he? Jesus is dead. Ha <laughs> ha, yes. But he died for all of us that he rose again. But we are all rising again too. The whole body of Christ, billions of people. Ha <laughs> ha. Loser. Loser. He thought he was smart. God is smart. Just incredible. I tell you, if you live from this place of perfection of being loved and all this kind of stuff, then that will take the fear out of your life even the performance out of your life. I'll tell you something else what it does, and that has to do with last couple of weeks. It gives you the strength and the boldness to face your problems. Because you know it's only a part of you. It's over there. I had some counseling this year, and it was uh, really beautiful. Really hard, by the way. Because I know that I'm perfect, but the only way why I even dare to go into, into the counseling room is because I knew I was perfect. I just had some issues, parts of me, that were not perfect yet in the sense of my soul some of the issues that happened to my life but because I was perfect because I fully loved fully holy I knew who I was in Christ I dared to go and say yeah okay it's part oh a little part here I've got to fix that part it's only a part guys some of you have 10 parts okay 10 parts I know it's hard but 10 parts but the thing is though you are not your parts you are still this glorious son and daughter of God, perfect, holy, and righteous. It doesn't change it. Are there some parts that God wants to deal with? Absolutely. I'll tell you something else. Now it's not a dread to do this. I've got to deal with this thing. My wife says I'm too angry. You know what happens now? You say, yay! Because I know that in my spirit I'm not angry at all. I go and we have counsel because I know it's going to be good for me and I have the strength because of who I am already and I cannot fail. I will access and I will face those things with joy. Very difficult at times. Man, look at my abuse in my part. Very difficult. But because of this, because of understanding your spirit, you will face it. Even with joy. And this is the secret to the Christian life. We are in the process of becoming who we really are. Father, we thank you for the amazing gift you've given to us. This amazing gift of righteousness. Lord, we just like you. It says in the Bible, in this, in this world, you're like Jesus. You're like him. When you become a Christian, the perfection of God, the righteousness of God, the holiness of God, Implanted, not just through his eyes, not just some kind of a declaration of innocence. No, an actual becoming. A new spirit. Born of God, incorruptible. So beautiful. Father, thank you that you've given this to us. And Father, I pray for a revelation to be here like Paul prayed for the Ephesians church. We pray for our church, anybody online. Give us a spirit of revelation and wisdom of who we really are. 
It just will blow our minds. And then let's grow up into the full stature of Christ. This beautiful aligning that you do in life. We love you, Jesus. Lord, we embrace the process. Now we dare to embrace the process of transformation, of renewal. We worship Jesus. To worship you I live. To worship you I live. I live to worship you. Starts to worship. You know when you start being happy with this? I'm always happy. You know why I'm always happy? People think I'm a coffee, drugs. I don't have all that stuff, guys. <laughs> I don't need that stuff because I got the most powerful creature inside my here, Puko. I just I just say hi and go the whoa. <laughs> Let's go. Roller coaster, you know. Wheel. That's what it's like. Jesus was the happiest man who ever lived. He was anointed with the with the all of joy like nobody else. So what's wrong with us? Christians, we should be the happiest people on the planet. The problem is, though, we never get in touch with those areas. We never get in touch with this. I'm not doing another sermon. We'll preach on joy some other time. Amen? <laughs> I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone, alone to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise.